Welcome back to Innovations and Integrations. I'm Ryan Huffman, Vice President of Strategic Partnerships with Kuzitech, and today uh, I'm at one of my favorite places to visit, Edge Innovation, over here on the Donato's campus uh, with Tom Grody and Craig Turner, uh, kind of the heart and soul behind this entire center. If you guys would both introduce yourselves and kind of... Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, my name is Craig Turner. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Agape Automation, also the Executive Director of the Edge Innovation Hub. And I'm Thomas Grody, I'm the CEO of Agape Automation, uh, and I have the privilege of being a director for BHEX Automation, which maybe we'll talk a little bit more about, as well as the Grody Company, uh, which manufactures equipment uh, big in big food factories, all kinds of cool stuff, which I'll probably share a little bit more about as well. Yeah, so, you know, being uh, a byproduct of Donato's, everybody thinks about pizza and how far you guys have grown this great pizza line and technology, but kind of talk about, you know, what made how did the edge start? You know, talk about where it started, the brainchild behind it, how you both kind of found each other, and how it all uh, was uh, created. Well, it kind of starts with you and I meeting, right, Craig? Yeah. You want to tell how we met? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then, of course, we'll. I'll let you talk about uh, your dad. I will. But um, I'm sure we'll, his name will come up many times. Yes. Uh, but but we worked on a project together for Stonewall Columbus, Columbus's uh, LGBTQ organization, and uh, it was um, you know an opportunity for them to rebrand and rethink the next 30 years of their organization. And uh, through that meeting, we really got a chance to dig into this idea of, uh, you know, what is the core of an organization? What are the folks who run that organization and the community that that organization serves? Um, what does it all mean and how do we talk about it? And so I think we worked on that for about six months. At some point, um, you looked at me and said, you know, we should think about doing some work together. And uh, all my plans, loose plans, went right out the window <laughs> in that moment. I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. We, sh we should be doing this together. So um, that started a, um, a relationship, a business relationship. And then um, I'll, I'll turn it over to you because uh, in comes Jim Grody with some big ideas. So. Yeah, so Craig and I started doing some, uh, I would say, vision, mission type related work and strategic planning work with all kinds of different organizations. And then my dad got a hold of us and he said, I want to build an innovation center. Will you help us? Will you help me? And uh, we couldn't resist that, right? So um, the, the bottom line is my dad, who's Jim Grody, who founded Donato's and the Grody Company, uh, really was looking for a way to shake things up, uh, to make a statement on how important innovation is. And he felt like he needed to do something pretty bold and he decided to build this, this innovation center and create a space where folks could come together and say yes all the time instead of no. Um, we call it the edge because it's on the edge of our campus. So we've got different various headquarters for some of the comp family companies. And he, he knew he had to put it separate. Uh, but he wanted to create this open space not just for our own companies to play in, so to speak, but for other to connect with the community and to, to have folks come in and just have conversation around around how to say yes to stuff and how to explore the possibilities, right? So that's that's kind of how it got started. So you know, you guys had this great rapport as you guys were working on Stonewall together, and you guys you know, there was something there that kind of you know, transpired to this. So when you think about innovation 
and everything. It's always kind of, you know, I hate to use it because it's so overused now, but thinking outside of the box. But, you know, your father had the foresight to say, hey, let's take these two people who have this great traction together and work well together. And tell me what that looks like is on a day-to-day, -day, you know, what trends was he trying to approach right away? Obviously, he wanted to be welcoming and, and create that environment saying yes. But what do you think that he saw and, you know, what you two were working on at the time and how it transfers into the edge today? Well, I would just say, well, first of all, Craig has a design thinking background, right? Mm -hmm. um, and is trained in it, so he knows all about that process, which is pretty critical to what we do. But I think uh, the chemistry that we had, which was trust, trusting each other, uh, being completely open uh, for whatever is going to come up, and to be very value-centered, very principle-centered, um, and trying to find that in the organization we're working with is exactly where we started with the edge. So we had to start with, well, why are we doing this? The why. Um, and we knew how to go through that process, so we kind of went through that process with my dad and just started with, why are we doing this? What do we want to do with this? And then what are the values that we want this place to kind of scream when you walk in? Uh, so we went through that, so that's, what, so that's why it worked. And so we, I think we were the perfect two people to yeah. do it for different reasons. But uh, the fact that we get along so well, yeah. it, it makes it does make a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that kind of leads into you know, uh, I was looking at this in, in my office on my shelf. I have my agape token still. Uh -huh. And so tell me, I mean, this is kind of a great you know lead into that. Tell me about you know the agape uh, approach to life, to to work, and to kind of how you guys approach everything. I think it's really key. Yeah, you're yeah. the right guy. Great. Well. Ryan, I just so happened to have one right here. <laughs> I actually pulled this out of my pocket. Thank God you have it, because I was like, yeah, oh, where's my coin? Might sit on my shelf in my office. All right. Yeah, so, so I carry this coin um, made out of stainless steel in my pocket every day. And uh, I, I took it out of my pocket and set it here to remind myself to make sure um, that as I'm thinking and speaking, I'm, I'm using these values. And that's really what it's all about. Um, lead with love. Golden rule, or treat others as as you want to be treated, and do the right thing. Those three things, um, you put those together, and and um, we we think that's a pretty good approach to business and to life. Um, how this came about is right back to Jim. Um, values in business have been the number one thing for him. Uh, it was really uh, since I met Jim, so many conversations have occurred around these ideas, and. Some of the early work that we do or did here was, um, you know, uh, with all of the ideas and inspirations that Jim have, have brought to this place. Um, kind of my background is, well, how do you take all that stuff and boil it down into a, a few words that um, that could also fit onto a coin? So it just kind of made sense. It'd be nice to have something tangible that we could we could um, create. And so we worked with the Grody Company next door. Uh, to to create this coin and um, it's kind of been it's kind of been a, a big hit because um, you know just being able to carry this around and um, and hold these values literally uh, is very meaningful so um, helpful for me, for me it's something that I think about every day when I'm putting right. it in my pocket and something I think about throughout the day so um, yeah I hope that answers the question yeah, for sure well let me add Craig so uh, the other thing that's important is there is no logo company logo on there um, this is this is for everybody so you yeah. set up a website agapecapitalism.org yeah. where you can go purchase one and all of the you know it's basically a cost mm -hmm. um, so we've had 
my sister did a commencement um, speech for Ohio State University and passed, gave out 1,500 of these. Amazing. Um, and so we, and we've had various things. The uh, Columbus uh, Chamber mm -hmm. gave out 800. But it's just an amazing. People are kind of taking, it's taking a life of its own, which is really what we wanted. Right. We didn't want this to be ours. And so it's really kind of taken off. So yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know everything that's on that coin. When I start thinking about that and like the day to day things, it, it's got a real like yoga type of feel to it to me. Sure. And you think about you know yoga and it's really simplistic body motions and everything, and that's really kind of in another parallel, um, really similar to pizza. Pizza is you know a pretty simple thing. Then you guys are taking this philosophy and you're saying let's turn this upside down on its head. Let's you know and it's all foodish. That's not limited specifically to pizza. But tell me about. You know how you guys apply these principles to the innovation technology space, and kind of you know how you got here. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess to this space is if you think about it, it applies to so many things. But the lead with love, um, use a gold room, do the right thing. Uh, you you use that as a filter for anything that comes in here, right? So anything we're talking about is is, is this going to make things better? Is this going to be the right thing to do for the business or for the people involved? It's such a gut check right. for everything, but again, it applies to, it applies to everything, right? 100%. I mean, I can't I can't tell you the number of times, and I know you actually you should tell the story because you've used you have really got some examples where you've where you've used this. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think that um, you know as we were creating our company Agape Automation, um, you know all of Jim's values and, and this really uh, infused into the ideas of, of how we were going to create agape automation and um, it didn't we didn't have to look far to see that that uh, you know automation in the restaurant industry is not about taking away jobs it is about growing the industry in the best possible way uh, leveling everybody up um, you know, instead of doing tasks that are dirty, dangerous, and dull all day long, you can do tasks that have more to do with creativity, tasks that are more involved with growing the business and growing the community around that business. And all of those, uh, you know, that change in perspective um, is very powerful and, uh, and it's real. We, we care a lot about the people who work in restaurants and it's a hard job. And, um, you know, the core of what we are doing is trying to make that restaurant a better place, trying to make that team a better team, trying to make the job a better job. And that comes right back to the yeah. values on this coin and kind of says it all. Yeah. So, you know, that is the, uh, the roadmap to, you know, the way you guys approach things on a daily basis. Let's talk about edge day one and edge today and what, what, what changes you guys have seen and I know I've been out here I had a you know pleasure going out here many times and the people that are working here has changed uh, a little bit and we've seen a lot of people that are you know BHEX some of the folks that have been stand you know consistent here but like let's talk about you know how the edge has changed right now as it is today. Yeah. Well I guess I guess how it's changed is when we first opened up, we weren't quite sure what the hell we were going to do. <laughs> um, we knew that we needed to just create, create a space, first of all, and if we committed, and we committed resources to it, people and money and all that stuff, we needed to create a space so it was really open. But we weren't quite sure how it was. And, and our sister companies were a little skeptical. Right. They're like, what the hell are you doing over there? Like, are we going to have to pay for it? <laughs> no, you're not going to have to pay for it, don't worry. Right. But it was like, what is, what is going on? So I think, it, it was a little bit of an open, 
open book at first. We thought about all different kinds of models on, on what we were going to do. We thought about being an incubator for dozens and dozens of companies in the food space. When it all said and done, we just kind of slowed up a little bit and focused in on a few things. And for us, it's around food, right. for sure. Um, it's around automation. It's leveraging uh, the competencies that we have on the campus. So we know a lot about building equipment. We know a lot about making pizza. Right. We know a lot about making pizza for grocery stores. We know a lot about so many facets of that business. Yeah. So we stay really focused on that. And then we think about how we use those values and we can add things to the family of businesses. But one unique thing is like Form 5, right? With right. prosthetics. Mm -hmm. so, so we have an outlier there where they're not necessarily food focused, but they're, they're, they're aligned with our values. They inspire this environment here. So we're all working together and we have 3D printers running all over the place. Yeah. We just so happen to have a nonprofit in here that's just inspires, inspires us, yeah. you know? Um, so, so we kind of, it's just kind of an evolving yeah. Uh, thing which I think innovation should be. Yep. It's not stuck in one place. It'll probably be different for years. I mean, much like your guys' Stonewall experience, and you know, it's kind of unconventional for someone to go from that vertical into something like this. You know, you talk about the way it inspires people. It's kind of like the, the lifeblood, and it's, like you said, it, it helps people get motivated every day. They're doing something bigger. So, and you never know what's going to happen. And that's what in our space we work in every vertical, from restaurants mm -hmm. to retail. Mm -hmm the lab space. So we take a lot of the knowledge we learn, we learn in other projects and we apply it to the restaurant space every day. So that I mean that kind of hits home with me because I mean what better way to get motivated than seeing someone you know making the world a better place outside of what you oh, guys yeah. are doing. And you never know there's gonna be a crossover at some point. I mean yeah it, it's bound to happen. So um, so we just got back from a, a technology show and you know automation is the key and every other booth seemed to have um, you know, vocal automation, whether it's, you know, the order taking in the back of the house, where people are your AI, and they're replacing the, the call centers, um, to working with a company that we've done in, in previous shows um, called Hi Auto, which does automation, workplace automation in the drive-through lane. Um, and then we've seen the robots and the cameras that are kind of doing that. Where, where are you guys seeing the trends right now that are coming in through here? I mean, obviously, you guys are trying to automate with the machinery and the pieces and everything. What kind of macro and micro trends are you guys seeing um, and have you seen? I, I like that you said micro and macro. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. So we're seeing the macro stuff with the robots yep. and the AI, AI coming in and a lot of funding. But obviously they're upside down on making money, right. which you have to be when you're yeah. going to have really disruptive technology. Yeah. And then we also have kind of that incremental stuff coming in. We're really focused on more on the incremental side sure. and that is finding uh, smaller uh, solutions that can be adapted more quickly yep. and gen generate revenue. And so, but I see, I see that's exactly both both happening. That is automating incrementally uh, in little ways. We're making our first product is a smart saucer. We call it yeah. not a dumb saucer, right. a smart saucer, right, Craig? Yeah. So, so this thing is it knows what it's doing, right? So we press a button, it sauces the pizza perfectly every time in like seven seconds and but it also tracks when it was sauced, you know, um, what was sauced, is the machine being used, is the machine clean, does it need permanent maintenance, and all that data is collected and, and we, we capture that data and now we have something we can utilize to make better pizza to make the jobs better. And so we're, our approach is to do that with little pieces as we work toward really more automation, more integrated automation, while there's other people coming at it from, well, we're gonna automate the whole thing right now. Right. Um, so I think both of them need to happen. I think the robots are fascinating to mm -hmm. me. 
I think uh, I think they're going to be pervasive at some time, and, and we're going to have robots. We're going to be working with them. Yeah. Uh, we certainly can't afford to spend a hundred million dollars on that right now. <laughs> but I'm glad people are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's um, and we're seeing that as well. We've been involved in some of the um, the Miso project and yeah. helping them um, install those. And again, right now it's we've gone so far. We've seen it. I mean, you guys, same thing. You're trying to figure out how do you not make this a real estate. Uh, challenge where you're taking up a lot of space to, to solve that and um, so we're seeing that as well um, how does the challenge flow or your guys's day-to-day -day goals how does that flow from Donato's from the Grody company what kind of you know uh, what kind of initiatives are you guys being sent from your sister companies and saying you know help us solve these challenges or uh, variables yeah so I mean it's it's mostly Donato's uh, that we're focused on. Grody is more of a resource yeah. because they make equipment, big equipment. Right. Uh, so they've got a, a lot of IP, a lot of knowledge transfer that they, they're giving us to help solve problems for Donato's. But as we solve problems for Donato's, right. uh, we're open to solving those for more than Donato's, of course. And the, the relationship there is we kind of working on low-hanging fruit. So what are things that we could do quickly, yeah. commercialize, and then of course sell to the full market? Because Donato's doesn't want to pay to develop everything, right? Right. So we, we're, we're investing in a way that we know we're going to get a return sure. by selling that to the whole pizza industry. And eventually probably more than the pizza industry. Right. Yeah. yeah, it kind of goes back to your guys' uh, coin and the cafe. Uh, business approach is, you know, we talk to everybody, and you guys kind of have that open door policy, and um, the Romeo's Pizza guys up in Cleveland, mm -hmm. and they speak highly of you guys, and they know, like, yeah, we work with those guys all the time, and it's not a competitive landscape. So right. Like, hey, let's figure out, you guys are figuring out how to move the ball forward, and it's just like, there's enough, you know, piece of the pie, literally, if you will, to, to kind of everybody share in the to innovation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm glad you brought them up, because they've been in just great people. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not like, it's not this fear of copying each other. We do have a very uh, solid wall between Donato's right. and here, and we sign NDAs and we do all that stuff. Yep. But there is a lot of trust. And I, if you ever go to one of the restaurant shows, there's a lot where there's a lot of independent restaurant tours, there seems to be a camaraderie. It's kind of like we're all in this together. We all have the same problems. Right. How do we make their these folks' jobs better, and how yeah. do we find good people who want to stay here? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I, I got to jump in with a story. I know Tom's probably heard it over a thousand times, but um, uh, when Jim um, oh, yeah. was was young in the in the pizza industry, he, he started the first Donato's when he was 19 years old. So um, there were other pizza shops, uh, mom and pop shops down the block and um, on the south side of Columbus, and and um, Jim tells a story about every once in a while one of the pizza shops would run out of cheese or whatever. And they would call each other up and say, you know, hey, I'm, I can't serve my customers tonight if I don't have this cheese, can, can you help me out? And Jim would, you know, load up a, a box of cheese and, and send one of his, one of his uh, guys down. And, and they, they had that spirit. Yeah. And, and Jim has, has shown that exact same approach to, um, you know, how we do business. Um, this idea that we can serve an entire industry, we don't just have to protect ourselves uh, from, uh, you know, competitors. And that goes right back to love. Jim talks about loving your competitor. We, we might want to be better than them, but, um, but, but we also, you know, want to help them and, and love them. So, um, 
the, this whole point is that um, you know if if people have a great pizza experience, um, that is good for everybody. Right. And if we can make um, a better pizza for Donato's, if we can make a better pizza for even a competitor, perhaps, right. um, that means in the in the whole of of the universe that people are going to think good thoughts about pizza, Absolutely. and it's good for everybody, right? Sure. So, so it's just that kind of philosophy um, that relates right back to the values, and um, and we can go right at that with, with automation. Yeah, that's interesting. Someone said something to me last week at the, the trade show we were at that kind of resonates with that. They said, we look at technology differently than a lot of other companies do. So we break it down into two categories. Does it make the environment a better place for our work crew and throughput and, you know, makes it more efficient and effective and makes the process for our team better? Mm -hmm. Or is it a consumer-facing thing that makes it better for the consumers yeah. and it's something that is more attractive for them? Because we try to keep it completely separate. He goes, because where he thinks there's challenges is you have a technology that you're trying to solve both those problems simultaneously. Okay. And he says that one will outweigh the other and you're trying to approach that. So can you guys tell me a little bit what you think about that? And you can, it's okay to disagree. I thought it was just intriguing. I put a lot of thought to that statement itself. Well, I would just say the first thing that came to mind is is the workflow stuff in my mind is consumer based, right? Yep. Well, for a couple of reasons, I mean, it affects the customer so much how how well how good of a job you do, but also those those associates are consumers as well, right? And so we want to wow them, and I think so. We, and we are focused in the kitchen, actually, but we want we want that machine to wow them. We want the graphics to wow them. Yep. We want it to be easy. So, so that's I guess that's what I would say there is, yeah. is, is, is that's where our focus is. Yeah, I think we've yeah. seen in, in the drive-through specifically, they've tried to take a process like the drive-through, and they've tried to almost gamify it, where yeah. they can you know compete against the store down you know down the street, uh -huh. and uh, it's been interesting to see like the, the the loop timer technologies. We're seeing more and more things come to replace that right now, and you're seeing cameras that do that same process. Nice. But now they're seeing, um, and pizza's a little different because it's usually ordered before someone pulls up to the window. Yeah. But in, in the burger space, they'll see someone pull up, and they're like, oh, this is a a 45-year-old guy who ordered a burger and it'll suggest a cell, would you like to add bacon to that or a milkshake to that? So it's doing the different things there. Yeah. But in the back of the house, it's creating a scenario like, hey, how fast are you moving it through? And then you incentivize those crews to do it. And I think you need something very similar in pizzas yeah. during peak times. I'm sure like Friday nights, you guys could figure out a way to make it a game. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Make it fun. Yeah, I mean, that's makes people want to come to work and they don't have to worry about, you know, inevitable call-offs because people, um, I mean, everyone has things and I think that's how things have changed. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the, the pain points and challenges you guys have had throughout your history. Uh, I mean, obviously you said you started off and you said, what the hell are we doing? And, you know, today you, you guys have a vision and a mission and the, I think the good thing is, is that that whiteboard's a great illustration of this is your vision today may be much different than it is tomorrow and you guys have the agility to do that. But tell me a little bit about some of the things that you guys have struggled with. Well, uh, well, I mean, obviously you have to find revenue. <laughs> I, right. So it, it always gets back to: Are you making something that people want, and is it can they afford it? And then are you going to be able to fund this until they start paying for it? Yep. It's that simple. So the pain point is a sense of urgency around that. Right. Uh, and focus, and being able to focus. And one thing about an innovation center is what we're flooded with. Especially my dad. Now my dad is one of those innovators, right? He's an entrepreneur. 
he is just loaded with ideas. Right. And so that discipline process of prioritizing, focusing, getting something to market, which I think I think our whole team has done a good job of and, and, and we're there. Yeah. Right. So we're there. But boy, at first it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a contagious kind of, and it's fun because you're getting a room and everyone's throwing out ideas and you feed off and you're just like, well, let me see what I can come up with the next day or, you know, or someone comes in and they see a new automation or a new technology and we, we do the same thing and we, we get distracted and there's times where we're like, hey, yeah. let's get back on track and um, it's, but it's very contagious and it's easy if one person starts it and it can be going for weeks or months and we've had some things like, hey guys, we need to get back to our, those things that create revenue, as you said. Yeah. You need to make uh, sure the lights stay on. So, yeah. um, tell me a little bit about. So, you guys have pivoted since the last time we hung out, uh, but how the agape piece has come about into the that piece of the business and what that looks like today. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to toss it back yeah, to you, yeah, but yeah. I, I can I'll take catch. it if you want. Uh, no, that's all right. We, I'm sure we, we both have some some thoughts, but um, you know, July first. Uh, was our launch of Agape Automation, but we've been working on the, the products and the prototypes and um, the pieces that, that have been uh, building up to our July 1st launch for several years. And uh, really it started with Jim uh, finding a young engineer who's very talented and the, the two of them and, and along with uh, the rest of our team uh, worked together to create the smart saucer and uh, we got that into prototype and and worked out um, you know those um, those kinks for years um, and so uh, meanwhile building other prototypes for other possible products uh, and solutions and um, so that's that's kind of been um, uh, where, where what we've been building to and how, how that got started Jim it was always going to come back to automation right and I'd, I'd love to hear uh, Tom tell about the, uh, the story of the Pepomatic because you know this is this is not a new yeah. thought process of Jim um, you know automating the restaurant industry has been something that Jim has been thinking about for decades right um, at least five decades, <laughs> and so uh, so you know it it, it, it didn't quite uh, work out five decades ago like like he thought it would right. um, because his his plan was to automate uh, pepperoni uh, process in restaurants. Turned out it worked really well for the frozen food industry, mm -hmm. and here we are all these decades later back to automating the restaurant industry. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, it's, right. it's kind of uh, it, it was inevitable, I think, yeah. that out of that kind of field of dreams that, that Jim was creating um, here, that we would we would end up coming back to automation in the restaurant space, which is perfect timing. And the pandemic showed us. Yeah. Even Jim was thinking about this even before the pandemic. How important it's going to be um, to the future growth of restaurants. I think another thing to add is, so Jim, 50 years ago, came at this from simply a hardware standpoint. And now it's about software and hardware. Right. And it's challenging to do both. So we're doing a hybrid. We're doing software and hardware. They're both hard for different reasons. Yeah. But I got to tell you, it takes forever to manufacture some hardware. Right. It, and, and it takes a long time to develop the software. Yeah. 
right? But they're just two different things that have to come together. But I think my biggest learn, I, like my biggest learning, has been just how long it takes to get to go from prototype on a piece of hardware to something that you can sell and get certified with the UL and NSF and all that stuff, yep. and make sure you can replicate it thousands and thousands of times. It takes a long time. So you said something there. I remember the first time you showed the video of the smart saucer. I'm like, I could sit here and watch this for like hours. It's, it's so relaxing. Just like, yeah. But um, and I believe, and I don't forget who it was, and it might be the small smart saucer. It could be some other piece of equipment. But uh, some people from the Donato side of the house were telling me that your dad wanted to get it out into the restaurant and see how it goes. And there's an employee over there. I won't mention his name. That he was a manager, and he was the first one that says, "Yeah, bring it in here," and, and ran with it. And now he's over on the um, the corporate leadership team. But tell me, like, how do you guys, when you're trying to test something in the restaurants, what does that process look like for you today? Yeah, so um, we, it has to start with um, an amazing partnership. And, you know, being, uh, or having this relationship with Donato's is, um, has been incredible and essential to what we're doing. And, um, you know, I, I remember talking to some folks in the startup space uh, early, early on, and them saying, wow, if we just had, you know, a partner that we could try out our idea with, yeah. uh, it would be an amazing boom to what we're trying to do. But them seeing the value in what we're trying to do and uh, allowing us that access has, yeah. been, has, has been really amazing and, and hopefully mutually beneficial. Yeah. So. Um, it, it really just starts with, um, you know, that mentality of, of um, fail fast right. and an ability to know that this is not going to be perfect day one. It's not a, even going to be perfect on uh, year 10, perhaps. Yeah. But, but the point is uh, you're always trying to get better. Yeah. So that mentality of, of um, fail fast um, has to be matched with a really a tenacious um, um, desire to get better and continually improve. And uh, we found that, that partnership. Yeah. It goes right back to the partnership. So, so having, uh, having the ability to test in the actual environment um, yeah. is, is just essential. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I love when you say fail fast because people are like, oh, we don't want to do that. But it's really a balancing act. As you mentioned, revenue is such a key component, specifically with these startups and mm -hmm. people. And you want to get it out there and test it and you know, prove your theories in action, but you also want to be thoughtful and you have to be patient. So it is that hurry up and wait kind of mentality. And a lot of people don't have any of the resources or I think what you guys do here is you provide a roadmap and a foundation and then hopefully, you know, it's a throughput to Donato's or somebody else. Um, and it, it's really, I think it's just, it sets people up for success. So it's kind of like you help people fast track things. And you guys have lived a lot of these pain points, so somebody that would come through and be a member here um, can probably, you know, learn from your guys' uh, experiences and all those fail, you know, those fast failures and everything. So that's interesting. And you, probably, and you probably know this: how many times you take something out of the field, and there's so many things you assumed, and you and you don't realize how much you don't know. Oh yeah. And it's some of the big, most basic stuff too. Right. And you're just like, oh my god, really? <laughs> and, and we right. have we have that all the time. And something yeah. that so we have uh, the Koozie way is the kind of lifeblood of how we do everything. Cool. We're deploying things, and I would say, especially when we're working, if it's not with the restaurant, we're working with the OEM, we're deploying something. I said we're going to take your installation guide and we're going to destroy it. Mm -hmm. We're going to rip it apart. We're going to take that installation guide out. We're going to go to field trial. 
we're going to look at this thing step by step, and then our project managers are going to rewrite the entire thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to show you both versions, and your version's very good when you're talking to investors and you're looking at things from a philosophical type of way, but when you're looking for an executional type of way, this is how the technicians are going to be able to do this from site to site to site. Mm -hmm. And as you talk, it's an evolution, so the first installation, and that guy's going to look very different on installation one, yep. but by the installation 10, you really do it. So it's really, you know, growing with your partners and kind of doing that. Um, yeah. So what are some of the demands that you guys are seeing from the other side of the business, what you can talk about anyway? It's, you know, what, what are you guys being, what's being thrown your way right now? Mm. Uh, well, I can just tell you what our, fo I mean, our focus is taking every dirty, dangerous, indulged job we can and, and just start to automate those processes. The, the really interesting part then is building that software platform for us to add value and make it easier on the people running that shift yeah. um, and to be able to access data remotely and all that kind of stuff. So, so the demand is to just make things easier and simpler. And so you, you could sit down with any restaurant and develop a list of 20 things that they're like, I, I wish I didn't have to do this, I wish I didn't have to do this. And some of those are being solved out there right. by other folks and we're just trying to do our little piece basically. So I guess it's just so many things. The restaurant is so far behind. It's crazy, isn't it? It's so far behind a lot yeah. of other places. Yeah, the, the data, and you know, when, when I got into this, this role in this business, I didn't realize the big piece the data played into all of this. And the folks at Passbot were the ones that pointed out to me, because we, we started deploying this for them and it's like, I don't really understand it. And then we did an installation for a large grocery store chain, and the data came back. I said, it makes sense now. And, and we did the first installation, I was just like, we're happy to deploy it, but I don't get the, And what it does is it creates those habits that you don't know. And it's not saying, hey, Ryan didn't wash his hands before he came back to the shift. He would say, hey, you had eight people inside of a pizza joint, and it's four-hour shift, and you guys have a standardization. Every 15 minutes, there's got to be hand washing. And in your first four hours, you had one person wash their hands. And um, one of the stats they showed was like, hey, you had a group come in at the first shift, and one person washed their hands when they started their shift. And they're like, so it just, and that helps you just reinforce things. It's not saying this individual is doing this, but then same thing, they're tracking data, and if a certain shift has 100% thing, they have bonus people, and they do different things. And, you know, downstream, that's like, this is like a big deal, but it stops the food spread, foodborne illness. Well, you can save somebody's life, for God's sake. Yeah, and so, <laughs> And I mean, it's huge. It's really big. The fallout, so yeah, yep. the data um, is, is incredible. So we, had, so we have past spots here as well, yeah. and I say kudos to past spot. I, yeah. think, I think it's a great solution. So yeah, and, and they've got more things coming um, right now as well. They're just, uh, I mean, they're a lot like you guys, forward thinking. And we did a podcast with them a few weeks ago, and I said, what's next? And she just smirked. She's like, there's stuff coming, but we're not to a point to talk about it yet. So okay. it's, it's, it's really cool. interesting to do that. So, so where are you guys, I know you guys have, you know, your partners here that work here that provide inspiration for you, but where are you getting your inspiration on a daily basis? I mean, you guys have to look at the world so much differently, specifically when you're out dining or drinking and doing all that stuff. So where are you guys getting your inspiration on a regular basis? It's a great question. I just went, to, so I just got to serve on a panel and also moderate a panel for the Midwest Restaurant Expo over there. So I was on a panel with uh, the CEO of SJW Robotics, which is making a fully automated um, pod, so to speak, to make bowls, Asian bowls. 
based in Montreal, thinking about moving to maybe even Columbus. Yeah. Very cool. But uh, and then I had we had the one of the co-founders of Visa Robotics, yeah. Ryan Sinet. Um, we all came, so I knew we were doing the panel, so we all came in here and made pizza together. That's awesome. And we sat down, this is inspiration, I gotta tell you, connecting with other innovators in the space, yeah. that camaraderie we talked about in the pizza space, same in, same in the space. So we had, you know, slight competition stuff you could make a case for, but we were all just like inspired by each other, and we just sat around and we made pizzas, and we ate pizzas, and we drank very much high State game, yeah. and I got to hearing the war stories from Ryan about Nisa in the early days, and. Uh, the, the, the all startup stuff, all trying to get right. funding, all trying to get their ideas to, to revenue, you know, get revenue. But just that's inspiration for me to be sure. able to reach out. And then the second one, I think, is when we go into a pizza shop yeah. and we hear things like the manager saying, well, you want to transfer me? I'm not going to move to that store unless I have a pizza saucer, mm -hmm. like a smart that's saucer. Amazing. Like, I won't do it. This becomes such an integral part of their job and made their lives even if it's just this much easier, yeah. if you just take this much stress out of a restaurant manager's oh, job, yeah. you, you, I mean, come on, that's that's a big it's deal. Huge. They edit a stressful job. Yeah. So, so I feel real. I get inspired by yeah. by that as well. Absolutely. I yeah. think I think that uh, um, that idea of um, being inspired by the restaurant and the people who work those jobs is something that we need to constantly be coming back to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because. Uh, like you said, Tom, it's a hard, hard job, and um, you know there is so much that we can do right, to help them out, and just coming in with a positive attitude about it, yep. and and coming in with um, a, a feeling that we can make a big difference here. Um, I'm I'm inspired by you you know thinking about where the industry is right now, the restaurant industry. Like like Tom said, it's way behind it is. Um, you know, we think about uh, the automobile industry, which really started automating like in the 70s. You yeah. know, now you look at a completely roboticized environment. Someday restaurants will look like that, right? And um, we're on the front edge of that wave. Um, but you know, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it the way that we would like to do it with right. love and and um, for the right reasons? Um, and so it's inspiring. To, to think that we could be a part of history in that way, um, but for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to share a story. I'd love to get your guys' response. A couple weeks ago, we went over to my parents' house, and all the grandkids are there. And I said, we'll bring pizza over. We're stopping. Got a big stack of Denham's pizzas, and I ordered two cauliflower crust. And my dad's an old school, never eat cauliflower crust <laughs> kind of guy. And I nudged my wife because we sat around the top, and I knew. So he's got the veggie, veggie pizza with all that cauliflower crust. And starts hammering it, and I said, "How do you like that?" He said, "Oh, this is really good. He said, it, it tastes different, but it's, he's like, it's, it's really, really good. That's, that's cauliflower crust." <laughs> and he just kind of looked at it, and it just was like, it, it you know, perplexed him. Yeah. So, are you guys getting leaned on on, on the food side of things and, and the product side? Are you guys being asked to kind of tinker in that space as well, or is it strictly on the automation side? We're so we are strictly on the automation side yeah. now. My dad is another story. Right. Okay. And if you ever want to do a podcast with him, yep. you're ready for a very long podcast. But no. <laughs> yeah, great. But no, he's so he is very much about food as medicine. Right. And he is, uh, of course, involved with Donatos and continuing to kind of give that direction. Is look, you got to make this healthier and better. But it has to be better. It has to be better right. tasting and healthier. You've got to do it. We owe it to. We owe it to everybody. Yeah. So he's really into it. 
Yeah, we, we were just, uh, I was watching football and I saw, uh, I forget who it was, but one of the other pizza chains has pizza bowls now and it's everything but the crust. And I sat there and I was like, that looks awful. And it just, to me, I'm sure it probably tastes fantastic, but it just looks like a bunch of cheese melted with all the toppings in it. And I can't even think what it was. It was watching football this past week and it might even during the highest state game. And I really couldn't uh, wrap my mind around it. But I think that's such a trend right now. So, you know, how kudos to them for being responsive to the demands and, no, maybe it'll go away. With McDonald's tried to sell pizza at one point out of the McDonald's, and um, that didn't work out for those guys. But no, this has been great. Um, it's always great to talk to both of you guys. I think you guys are doing awesome things here, and I'm excited to see where you guys are in five years and ten years after that. So thanks for uh, taking the time with us today. It's been great. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you as well. Thank you for all your time. Thank you. I appreciate it.